Ben Rivers is an artist filmmaker, loosely anthropological. His films wander through uncanny landscapes, capturing fragments of possible utopias on grainy, hand-developed 16mm. In slow action, Rivers reports back from four fictional islands. The poetic sci-fi narrative is written independently by Mark von Schlegel and assembled later. A cool wind blows through the gap between what we see and what we hear. And in a spell to ward off the darkness, Ben Rivers teams up with his American counterpart, Ben Russell, to create, I quote, a radical proposition for utopia in the present. A pensive man appears to travel across Scandinavia, beginning in an Estonian commune, continuing through the forests of Finland, and concluding at a black metal gig in Norway. For all its abstraction and narrative looseness, it's a well-funded endeavour, giving the two Ben R's free reign to linger and lounge, assuming their sophisticated viewers will play ball. You're listening to MoobTube, a podcast that frequently plays with its balls. <laughs> oh, did you stay the course for this meandering voyage? I could smell every waft of uh, warm Cronenberg. I could. I was there in the bathtub. Is that guy who was sort of going to fat Scandinavian guy jumped in and then broke in English said, "Ladies, why will you join me?" Um, yeah, I was there for it. I'm. I've had a complicated relationship to Ben Rivers. You're which not is talking what anymore. I think spurred this. <laughs> We're not. Ben Rivers enters the documentary landscape um, very consciously in the wake of Grissom and uh, British documentary filmmakers, Robert Flaherty, um, because fundamentally he's motivated by anthropology and over his career, I think he's, um, I I studied uh, ethnographic film, basically. So there's some really interesting people like Jean Rouge, and you could say actually that Ben Rivers is kind of more like Jean Rouge than Robert Flaherty because he's a bit more exotic and a bit more um, kind of sassy than the kind of clinical nature of John Grissom's film. But anyway, um, yeah, so he, he, he is fundamentally known for doing a kind of very slow documentary style filmmaking, which blur, simply put blurs the boundaries between the real and the fictional. Um, it's got kind of sidle echoes actually from last week's episode. Um, and I think one thing you overwhelmingly get the impression of from Ben Rivers' film is that, like, he's very productive. Like, he's created a huge range of films, which actually leads you to some nice surprises because um, you've got things like The Hunchback, mm-hmm. which is such an unusual inclusion in his um oeuvre. Yeah, it's, it's a half-hour um, film. I didn't mention it in my intro, but it's a, it's a half-hour film yep. about a kind of... Medieval LARP that goes wrong, and it f- it figures out something yes. like a cross between Pasolini and Black Mirror. Yeah, it's totally, it's, it's it's almost Chris Morrisian, yeah. Chris Morrisian in its in its, <coughs> its energy of these like vox pops that it uses. Um, but yeah, it's this dystopian kind of com- comedic um, project that was done um, with Abrantes. Um, so it's a collab and he does a lot of collabs when Ben Rivers is on his own he's a lot more um, measured and kind of uh, intellectual I think so like something like uh, Two Years at Sea which is a kind of um, uh, a a portrait study of a guy called Jack who's like a drifter who lives in the woods mm. um, so it's a very slow black and white film about him very grainy again as Jack does like day to day habits and routines um, some of which are real like chopping wood or cooking dinner and some of which are kind of like 
fictive like you know he his 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 it appears that his heart has been hoisted into the trees and he opens his door and he's in the trees and it's normal like there's bits like that um so yeah he's a, he's a weird guy like in a weird guy he's <laughs> a very guy. weird man he's a he's a a very kind of prolific filmmaker who is very open to surprise and experimentation but you know you kind of know when you're watching a Ben Rivers film don't you like Mm. um, quietly he's kind of dominated a particular kind of artist film Um, but you come from an artist film background you're much more in that world than I am Um, I'm just watching from the cupboard um, or the closet I'm watching from the closet um, while you're out there, yeah. so what's your take on Rivers, like in that in that space, and also as like a kind of more conventional filmmaker, because he has he has kind of stepped overstepped the bounds of like artist film um, a fair bit as well. Maybe Spell to Water to Darkness is more like an art film than an artist film. Yeah, I suppose Sorry in my career his... as a as a artist, moving imagey person, sometimes I've. Yeah, Ben Rivers' position in that world is quite senior and quite, um, yeah, he's he's the person. He's quite trad in a way. He makes work on sixteen millimeter. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> that's why I think about sixteen. That's very that's trad. Why I think about sixteen <laughs> millimeter. Um, you log aloud, Ralph. You log aloud. Um, oh this episode is brought to you by Chawamba Wamba. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I get knocked uh, out. I get back up again. <laughs> we'll play. We'll play it. In, we'll play it out. Sorry, I'm too young. Young to get that joke. Um, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> it's my thirty third birthday tomorrow. No, Dale. Many, many happy returns. Is it tomorrow? No, Friday. I got mixed up. That's what happens when you go. But when people hear this, it'll be tomorrow. Exactly. Actually, so uh, cut that. But very, very, cl- very cleverly done. Yeah, basically, Ben Rose. Yeah, basically, I think he's all right, isn't he? He's quite. He makes quite beautiful films. Some of them are interesting. Some of them are boring. Yeah. Um, I don't. I I personally don't really connect very much with what he's doing, and I find it a bit derivative. Yeah. Um, derivative of who? And actually, Chris so, Marker, sorry, mostly Chris Marker. So let me let me ask you questions. Derivative of who? And all these films that you've seen. What do you connect with, and what don't you connect with, and why? What's like I want to know, like the, like the breakpoints to you. Yeah, so I feel like because he's someone who wears his influences so much on his sleeve, it's almost like a reflection of the of you, which influences you see the most. So I mm. feel like f- watching slow action, for instance, I saw very much this Chris Marker feeling of yeah. using voiceover as a kind of distancing poetic device that um, makes you very that mystifies footage that might otherwise not be that mystifying um yeah and it kind of creates this i just find it really difficult to concentrate on because there was a lot of telling and not a lot of showing uh there was a real this is a real obvious it's not surprising to me at all that the narrative was written completely independently of the filming process and that the filming process didn't really kind of direct or or ask for very much it just sort of wandered around which is fine it's a perfectly great way to do things but um yeah i think you have to be prepared for something that's quite easy to walk in and out of which makes sense because it has been shown in galleries um i've seen i've seen quite a few of his films on the gallery wall kind of projected on the gallery wall yeah yeah which i think creates a different experience the hunchback is a more narrative piece has this more like chris morrissey sort of narrative-y feel um it feels more like a piece of satire but that's I think yeah. that's I think largely down to Gabriel Abrantes whose film Diamantino yeah. <laughs> I saw 
uh, a couple of years he's ago. Definitely the, he's definitely made Abrantes. He's kind of calmed Abrantes down. It's like a Ben yeah. Rivers interpretation yeah, yeah. of a Abrantes film. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Whereas, and Ben Russell, I've seen films by Ben Russell, and um, A Spell Toward of Darkness also feels like Ben Russell calmed down. I think that's what mm. Rivers does. He's like a sedative. He's like a camel too. <laughs> he, whenever he collaborates <laughs> yeah. with someone, he just makes their vibe a lot less like angry and loud. Yeah. Um, which is not really that exciting to me, to be honest. Um, yeah. I watched a clip of that film he did about the sloth. I mean, the fact that he did a film about sloth sort of tells says you it everything, really. really, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just I I, I want to be I want to be generous about Ben Rivers. because partly because I feel this weird sort of like parasocial connection to him mm. in that, you know, he is a, a English video artist person. He's very much in my industry. You know, he's very associated with Lux, which is, you know, an organization I mm. really like and yeah. respects the, the, the work of. Hustle. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel very sort of hustled into liking Ben Rivers. I don't really like his films that much. Oh no. I mean, it's interesting because I, I this is what I was saying to you every week. Cause I was like, well, I, there's a lot I like about Ben Rivers' aesthetic at times. Like slow action is a lot visually, um, uh, kind of speaks to my visual and aesthetic concerns. Um, I think his you're right about Camarote because he he can be quite boring in a way that people like Lav Diaz maybe or Bellatar. And we talk a lot about slow, boring cinema. Indeed. Um, you know, and it's like they're they're differently because they the the film is the whole world for them. Like mm. the the moment of the film, the cinematic moment is um, the whole world that you're in, uh, kind of seeing and and kind of drinking at that moment. Whereas Ben Rose, you know, he'll refer to you're very aware of his kind of references, or you're very rare to a you know a, a voiceover or a narrative outside of the film, and it kind of can can pull you in different ways. And I think one of the things I um, yeah, it's weird. I, I find myself in a situation where I feel kind of hustled, uh, you know, as well, because like, I want to like Ben Rivers a lot m- more than I maybe do because there's elements and moments of it which are really um, uh, transportive. Um, I think Spell to Water of the Darkness does that. Um, uh, it, but it's kind of hampered by this confused uh, concept about um, this figure who's moving through different spaces of extremity. Um, mm. Which is Robert Aubrey Lowe, who's a musician uh, no, known as Lichen. I think you pronounce it Lichen or Lichen Lichen. Um, and he, but the the film's kind of like blurred describes it as Lichen is like uh, Robert Lowe moving through from a commune in Estonia to a wood in Finland to a like death metal concert in. Oslo so it's three kinds of community three kinds of like relationship to the environment three kinds of extremity because they're quite extreme situations that he's in mm. um, but he's not really present in the in, in the first part at all um, and he's barely present in the second and kind of sidelined in the third maybe a little bit like um, he, he Ben Rivers doesn't seem to really commit to Lowe as a character Lowe is really good because he's got quite an expressive quite compassionate face um, a face you seems can like kind of project a lot onto maybe yeah yeah definitely because he's got this really thoughtful slow way of, of of kind of imbibing things around him but for a lot of the first third of the film we're stuck with these really fucking irritating middle-aged hippies in this um, Estonian camp but you you don't meet 
low until maybe properly until like 20 minutes in or so so you're never really on his journey so it feels like the kind of blurb kind of undermines the film and kind of strangles your ability to understand what you're seeing and i think if it just committed to him as a musician and been more of a straight up portrait of Lowe as a musician and why why had he gone to i know one thing that Ben Rivers has said in interviews is he one thing and I respect this is one thing he said is you know the he likes to leave traces or unexplained traces in his films that kind of point towards justifications and motivations beyond the film in life and those are points of kind of um, curiosity and interpretation and that's interesting and I agree with that like it's it's interesting to make people wonder why Blow is in this why is he in a wood in like Finland you know why is he living in this heart shack what led him to this place um it doesn't do it in a compelling enough way for me and it's like it doesn't give you any way any why no, you can't get in to it down to that yeah you can't get into that pandora's box yeah I, I i found it weird because also i was watching it on my projector in my flat and one of my flatmates who's who's a musician kind of wandered over towards the screen and said oh that's that's my mate rob and um and i, I was like oh okay what, what, who's rob what's the story um and he told me all about Robert Aiki Aubrey Lowe and his work, how he did noises on arrival, you know, that that with the G, working with Johansson and how he's a musician and stuff. And you know, I just sort of felt like, oh, this guy seems pretty interesting. And this yeah. film is like just using him like a kind of Bressonian model, just kind of shunting him around <laughs> in various well, landscapes. Which feels kind of to, to to ruin the huge resource you've got there. Um, shout out to Psychic Nature of Being, by the way, his album, um, which is, I just, wait, let me, let me check. That is 2005. Oh, that's a long time ago, but it's a um, really, really good piece of music. Anyway. That, um, he makes yeah, he that does, under the, under lichens. Uh, yeah, it says under lichen. Um, but yeah, he's got a really interesting life that. and it's like, sometimes you need to be, give us a bit more to go on. Like, you know, give us a bit more. Like I, I appreciate the kind of leaving things ambiguous and having these tendrils of 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 motivation that sit outside of the film but i need something to climb into like didn't they just basically have a great time and then like yeah and then sort of collage it into something yeah and it's like oh that's so student mate come on that's (laughs) and i feel like they maybe sort of uh did so they maybe sort of abstracted it more as a way of Mm -hmm. like compensating for the fact that it was quite personal and then and in doing that they kind of crushed out the thing that might have been more interesting i mean the most engaging bit for me was when the 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 white dudes are sat together talking about the orgy they have yeah super where they put Uh, fingers in each other's bums in the sauna Um, and you can't tell whose fingers in your i mean i think you probably no it's a sauna isn't it because there's smoke it's steam everywhere so you can't you can't see who's got their finger ralph is referring to a scene in the estonian commune part of (laughs) ralph has gone mad ralph ralph is referring to a thing that happened entirely in his head um (laughs) ralph thinks about this every night (laughs) (laughs) it's the only way i can get off he did not (laughs) realize meanwhile um this is how were things we, really work. We're we talking about Adam uh, Fingers were up. assholes. Um, no, there is a scene between these two guys, <laughs> these two dudes, uh, sitting outside a sauna, um, chatting about an orgy that one of them was at. And it's kind of, I alluded to it last week. Um, that's, why quite, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, the finger is firmly up the asshole, but it's it's kind of a cringy scene, but kind of 
interesting um these characters and what they reveal about their themselves through these these kind of fragmentary difficult conversations are um well mostly speaking through a second language are, are interesting um so so tell me Owen, because you're you're i think your aesthetic and intellectual sensibility is more attuned to river's mm. work than mine is just through virtue of us have you know being different people mm. having different interests um and I feel like, you know, you a certain specific part of this work, particularly slow action, really resonates with you, your sense mm. of geography and your feeling towards like that sort of essayistic approach to yeah. spaces and, 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 and kind of utopias, imagined worlds. Tell, tell me a bit more about, about your, uh, the way that you vibe Rivers when he's good. Yeah. You've kind of, you kind of, you've kind of hit it there because there's, there's elements of slow action where he interpolate, he imagines spaces over the top of other spaces. You know, like you said earlier, there are there's an island in um, there's a Mediterranean island that he films on, which is very volcanic and very weird, and he kind of projects. He uses kind of visual editing tools and effects to kind of imply magisterial transcendent spaces over the top of these quite banal ordinary spaces which is completely my jam um and in that capacity rivers is really good at transporting you through the banal into something a bit more interesting and a bit more engaging um you know i really vibe with his his blurring of the fictional and documentary that's great because the 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 root of documentary film is fiction because you know fa- robert flatty you know nanook of the north is is held up to be one of the first proper documentaries it was an ethnographic documentary but a lot of this most of the scenes in it were staged um and it nanook of the north played a big role in kind of fixing the it the popular image of like the the inuit the Eskimo, mm. the Inuit, in in the popular imagination, in, to, even to today, you know, we have an image of what the the um, kind of Eskimo or Inuit is, um, and it, a lot of it was kind of condensed by Robert Flaherty through this film, and it was fictional. So the 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 power of documentary is to give you the impression that what you're seeing is real and true, um, and often it's dressed up. And I think Ben Rivers at his best does that really well. He also I feel like he doesn't... Yeah, let's think it's annoying because they have flashes of this. So with slow action, yeah, slow action has this science fictional element to, to it, which I really enjoy. Like like I said, the transformation of ordinary spaces into uh, unusual other spaces and the fact that it has a kind of uh, external, extraneous lyric narrative or essay to it is, again, my vibe. It speaks to how I like to kind of conjoin different stories and narratives and spaces together. But yeah, I mean he kind of lets that down at other times because um, a lot of Spell to World of the Darkness is very boring <laughs> very boring um, uh, he doesn't uh, give us a motivation I think perhaps the most powerful part of the film is probably the, the doom metal con- like a death metal concert at the end mm. um, and it feels like that is a thing a thing unto itself and there's a world to explore that and he's not giving it enough um, uh, energy really yeah, and also um, by that point, I think, you know, there's an element of having tuned out, I think. Yeah. You've tuned out. I, well, no, so I, should, so I shouldn't <laughs> generalise. But I was, the, the metal concert, I could see the virtue of it, but I was mm. fairly, um, 
I was fairly kind of uninterested by that point. It's very long. It's a, a long se- sequence. I think it's about 35 minutes or so. Yeah, um, it's like, it, and it's sl- slow, in fact. Yeah, despite being quite a rhythmic, fast piece, piece of play, they play several songs um, uh, during it. it was that, that band was assembled specifically for the film. Another piece of fiction by um, Ben Rivers, actually. Um, uh, I don't think that death metal is typically um, Lowe's kind of metier. Um, but it's a few there. There's quite some quite famous musicians, like death metal musicians in that band that he's mm-hmm. kind of assembled. And the crowd was presumably assembled for the purpose as well. Yeah, I just feel there's always... You, what makes Ben Rivers interesting is maybe it's the stuff you learn about his films after you watch them. Yeah, so I read the booklet um, associated with it. You got the film, didn't you? You got the. I bought cr- the film. I think the, it's a bit of a waste of money, really. To be honest, don't say that. <laughs> you're in. The, you're in. The, you're in the. You're in the pocket of big Criterion. <laughs> <laughs> the Criterion would never touch this shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's Soda Film and Art, which is recent, has since, since folded as a as a as an imprint. But they released Christmas, a few Chris Marker films, and a, f- a few sort of more recent artists' films. Um, and there's a very nice booklet with an article and in, I can't remember the author but it's um, they write a, an essay about bleakness which is quite um, mm. quite negative but it kind of it's quite a leading way to look at a subject isn't it but yeah exactly so it's a, it's a kind of they've got an, art, an artist writer to write about the film and this writer uses the frame of bleakness and the, the final paragraph says seeking solace among fellow sentient entities the communal fix is just another expression of our inability to generate meaning concerning our existence <laughs> fuck off talk about projection because that's one thing you can say the communal fix is that, is that, sorry mate so, do you mean like hanging out with people hang out you mate <laughs> oh my god we live in a cursed time because it, it feel like for all, all the criticisms you could level at spelled all of darkness um, it is a very it's quite an optimistic film I feel yeah I think so, so yeah. I, I, you don't get a negative vibe off it at all like no, you get like the impression of isn't it? utopias but very it's utopias, 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 utopia only exists in the moment and so you want to live yeah. in the moment want to live in the moment and stuff yeah and uh, you might not agree with that you know especially those of us who've, who've, who've tasted the, the salty edge of various London communes like Ralph and myself <laughs> Um, in a hyper neoliberal hyper normalized sense Um, we yeah you don't get a negative vibe with this film bleakness is not something I would attach to a spell to ward off the darkness if anything it would be contentment um, which is something you get off two years at sea Um, um, maybe even slow action less less slow action maybe but um, you you get a sense of kind of exploration and contentment, which is quite pleasant actually. Like the effect of his films is quite pleasant. Like you said, Cam Marti. Um Yeah, it's weird things that people project on something. Like I wouldn't call it bleak. In the world, he evokes Paul J. Ennis. Ever heard Paul of Paul J. Ennis? Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! We're literally um, the oh, world. He, he's he written evokes. for zero books. He wrote a of book course. called Continental Realism for Zero Books. <laughs> Obviously, he wanted, he wanted someone to accidentally buy it thinking they were buying capitalist realism. Sealist um, <laughs> uh, realism. Um. <laughs> That's like when, when normal people came out and there was a book called Ordinary People that had like a very similar <laughs> cover. <laughs> I'm really into the um, tricking people to buy the wrong book. Uh, <laughs> it happened. With, um, it happened with films a lot. You get Paranormal Activity came out, and then like before it came out on DVD, there was a, f- a straight to DVD film called Paranormal Entity that had like almost exactly the same that's cover. So funny. 
So cheeky. I saw a really good. Um, I'm going to do a thing where I talk about memes. Can okay. I? Okay, shout out to uh, at Justin Baldaji who did a bad lieutenant uh, meme and the scene where he's in the church and he's confessing to his crimes. Mm. Do you know the scene? This is the first one, the Ferrari. Yeah, the original, the Ferrari, Abel Ferrari film, Um, rather than the Herzog version, Um, where he is kind of exclaiming and uh, and confessing to the evil bad things he's done. They've redone the subtitles as... I did a racism. I did an imperialism. <laughs> I did a nationalism. <laughs> Can you send it to me? That's I did that. a xenophobia. I did a white fragility. I did a weak apology. <laughs> then you've got this picture of Jesus. This is a four tile one. And the final one, I did a no growth. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good. <laughs> No growth. What does that um, mean when you don't grow as a person? Yeah, you don't. You get cancelled, but you don't learn from it. But you don't really uh, get a chance to to learn from cancellation. So it's a kind of tautology. But whatever, you know. <laughs> I've been off social media for for six weeks. Yeah, I'm dripping poison. You're out. Yeah, I did go on Instagram for a, you know, briefly to put my videos on there. But yeah, yeah, that that's a worthy use of it. You're like dropping a depth charge into the six C of instagram so i don't know what more we I, could I, I could always send for this guy paul J. ennis a bit more but he probably uh, is, he's probably a bit depressed really probably doesn't. you're gonna he might be depressed pretty much anyway the other bit of the booklet is an interview with the two bens the mercedes Bill bens and ben. um yeah. and i find <laughs> russell to, i guess it's because he's american he's a lot more sort of forward and confident conceptually mm. and then like rivers sort of says these kind of umming and erring things He's um, very English in that sense, isn't he? He's got yeah. colonial, colonial, colonial mentality to his films. Not in the in the in the kind of surface of them, but in the way he communicates his films and choice of subject. Yeah, man, he travels around um, the world and takes things from people. They both did a film in the film in Vanuatu that is featured on the special discs of this special extras, special features of this disc. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm say. not I'm not the sort of person that's going to scold, you know, two middle-aged white men for, you know, living out their dream of filming some beautiful no, shit props, around the world. Props to you guys, like, honestly. You know, like, it's good work if you can get it. But, um, like, I do think, and, you know, I don't think they're particularly problematic in that regard, but... Um, no, not at all. I often talk about English filmmakers who dodge the question, you know. You know when people say, oh, there's no good English filmmakers, and then, then someone else says, oh, you know, and then people will name all the English filmmakers who just left England and made Hollywood films or you know like Hitchcock or Chaplin or um, Chris Nolan or Sam Mendes or Ridley Scott or whatever um, or, or they'll name the ones that went to Europe like Peter Strickland or Greenaway mm. or you know I'll do a quote from the Rivers Russell interview um, we filmed this yeah. uh, part the, the commune part over a few weeks on an Estonian island in a compound run by a 70-year-old shaman. You can hear his drums over the fire in the beginning. We always talk about the importance of the experience of filmmaking for our practices, that this is one of the reasons why we make films. I, I was just noticing the word, the phrase practice has really died during COVID. I think, like, practice. yeah, because everyone's just stuck at home. Like, it's a bit offensive to just to think of... Well, I read this whole Instagram post of day about, um, really irritating, it was like, your lockdown is not an artist retreat. I know, I know. It isn't. Okay. I know, I know that. <laughs> I need to be told that. Thanks. Um, <laughs> oh, what? What the fuck? My, this isn't an artist retreat. I thought there was going <laughs> to be just gonna a, a masseuse. <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be. Oh no, I thought it was going to be like massage in the afternoon, and um, 
Zazen Buddhism in the morning. <laughs> Fuck. Hannah Gatsby coming back. Um, <laughs> we always talk about <laughs> no, the... Ex- no. uh, what did he say? <laughs> it, took a lo- uh, it took a lot of looking around, searching and hard work to arrive at the situation on the commune and it was perfect when we did. In some ways, one of the most important outcomes of making a spell is that we're both now thinking about the very ros- real possibility of living collectively. Do you think? Do you think they did that, or do you think they're just in some ex-council flat in Homerton? No, Ben uh, listening to in our time. In in our time, like which one should we listen to today? Should we listen to the Bertrand Russell one? No, we listened to that of the week. Remember? (laughs) Remember? We 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 said I can't listen to. I spelt T on my. Oh, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember as well. I'll just phone up other Ben. (laughs) They live. <laughs> no, they're probably like landlords of a um like fi- like a warehouse space in Tottenham that's like um almost certainly uh burnt down several times <laughs> but they've kind of whitewashed the entire place literally and, and it's a metaphor. So Russell um, says it's so easy to discredit that sort of collective endeavor out of hand. So easy to say that these people are hippie idealists that they are no, full of shit. Easy. I easy. mean these people any people who are choosing to live collectively it's a sad legacy to inherit you know to find ourselves in a moment defined by so much then Rivers chimes in cynicism Russell yeah the cynical relationship to possibility we had a really difficult time editing the commune (laughs) sequence because at first we were trying to reflect or represent our experience with a group of people that we really care about even that really irritating guy who's like trying to chat the woman with the baby Um, it took us a while to realise he's got like AK-47s on his like (laughs) tank top And he's looking, he's trying not to look at a titty when she's... Because the baby's getting a good mouthful of it. Yeah. And it's all all he can do to not... He gives himself a kind of like eye strain by trying not to look (laughs) at it. He's such a horny boy. Well, you know, we've got that to look forward to. Um, It took Um, us a... It took us a while to realise that that was, in fact, the wrong way to go about it. That cinema, as far as we understand it as intellectuals (laughs) and as makers... You know, on this podcast, Owen, I just think of us as intellectuals and as makers. Um, (laughs) I I think of ourselves as... um, Edgelords. Indigenous natives. Indigenous. Walking Saxon through the bush. Natives. The bush of. Uh, the, pra- the bush of praxis. That's Blowing the didgeridoo of critique. I'm sorry, it, I'm. I'm, I'm um, it took us a while to realise that that was in fact the world. Cinema for us, as we understand it, as intellectuals and as makers, is not the space of representation. It is not the space of documentation. It is the space. It is a space. A space, not the space. The centering, guys. A it is a space, space. of reconstruction. Space. So, spaces. to repeat, repeat. Uh, it is not what the space. Cinema is not the space of representation. It is not the space of documentation. It is a space of reconstruction. Please stay two meters apart and wear a face covering at all times. <laughs> but he also made the sky trembles and the earth is afraid and the two eyes are not brothers. A 2015 film made by Ben Rivers, which is in was filmed in Algeria, I believe, or Morocco in North Africa. Anyway, Somewhere in North Africa, yeah. um, Egypt, no. 
Egypt might have been. I don't know. But I again, saw the exhibition that it was based on. But I haven't seen the film. Yeah, it's highly fictionalized again around kind of North African cultures. I think. But like three of them weird. were making like really colonial films at the same time, and so they just yeah, they each kind other. of make, they are kind of quite colonial. There is a colonial element to his films, um, which is the idea of visiting extre- extremities, which is almost like visiting. Um, descending upon the colonies and recording the exotic life there. It, it's Edward Said at your heart out, um, in a way. I mean, they're the last um, generation of white dudes who are going to get money to do that. Who are doing that. Literally, yep. like, if you... I know that I want to do that. The idea of these kind of... These these colonial films, and I think there's merit to them. Like, there's, the, there's, there's nothing wrong with going to make a film in a completely alien culture and making a film from a perspective of culture shock and appropriation, I think it's actually okay to do. We like um, it. It's good. It can be good. Andrew I, I think Cuomo! Making Andrew appropriate Cuomo! Film. Making film. <laughs> <laughs> ben Rivers going to... He's looking, he's looking at his passport and he's going, where have I been? <laughs> he's going to make a film... He's going to make a film Nicaragua. with... Like, Nicaragua! Nicaragua! He's going to make a film with the Contras! <laughs> <laughs> he's going to make a film with Golden film Dawn. Them. Without it's critiquing an emotional journey. my position! <laughs> well, what can we say? I think we should say something about Hunchback, because Hunchback is a kind of weird um, anomaly in, in the oeuvre of Benera's. Um It's quite funny. Yeah, I loved it when I first saw it, and then I found it a bit mm. irritating this time around. I don't know why. You only watch it once. I don't think I'm going to watch that again. But it's good because it's a dystopian film about a... It uses surprising kind of hard... Well, hard, soft sci-fi elements of um, people who work for a company. They uh, It's an obligatory part of their kind of corporate uh, de-stressing that they go on this kind of away week where they all basically dress up like... They're randomly assigned a character from this medieval village and they have to basically be them and they'll just kind of go a bit to seed, like one of them becomes a wench and one of them becomes a drunk, one of them becomes a hunchback. Um, it's like a HR away day, bonding away day. Absolutely. And the it's based on a Arabian Nights tale about the hunchback, uh, you know, about a uh, the kind of reviled frigid village who everyone believes they've killed accidentally and it gets kind of passed from um, hand to hand and everyone believes they've killed him, but it turns out he's not really dead. Um but he it's is interesting. killed at the end when his head gets chopped off. No. Yeah, in the story, in the in the, in the Arabian Night story, he he survives. Um, oh really? Okay. I didn't know that. The barber removes the fishbone from his throat. And he mm. breathes again. Um, but in this, his head's literally kicks off. <laughs> yeah, that's quite funny. That <laughs> Slapped bit. off. It's very yeah. funny. There's a really good Chris Morrissey kind of like head, like uh, vox pop way of interviewing like these characters later outside of that environment, and it's it's funny. It's good. It's like it's got moments of. A Brantes and it's 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 mm. kind of sassiness and it's weirdness and it's got moments of Ben Rivers and it's very beautifully shot like th- those are Ben Rivers shots those are the, the Ben Rivers yeah. money shots that, um, the, the Segway sunset shot is the Segway sunset is phenomenal it is I, really, I would say really it almost looked like it'd been fake to be honest but um, it does feel like the yeah. ratio of like the best thing you can say about this film is like the ratio of fun to watch to it was fun for them making it seems to be a yeah. little bit more. It's not uh, jolly. A little bit more how it should be. I mean, they definitely yeah. enjoyed making it and also like it's mm. fun. It's quite fun to watch. Spells of War of Darkness, not fun to watch at all. And no. they always had fun a fucking great time. <laughs> well, they got to go to Estonia in summer. They hung out at a commune. Uh, they sucked each other off in a sauna. Yeah. Um, it's all I wanted really, but lockdown, I think I think apparently. we have to respect the project of artist film because it is good it it doesn't really leak through into mainstream film and doesn't really leak through into art film 
broadly conceived but it's a useful area for kind of pushing um it's a good broadly it's a good thing that people are given money to make stupid films that don't really mean much because it kind of helps people to expand the craft and useless things are useful to society as a whole um, uh, evelyn beatrice hall uh on. It, it turns out due to my wikipedia searching just now uh was the first first wrote the phrase I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. <laughs> That's which it. Is, which is a kind of quite <laughs> yeah. a um, quite ben, a, if you're a, listening, quite an annoying <laughs> thing that like liberals say they don't really mean it about free speech. But and, here you, know, you could say tolerating it's true. fascists. But I would say in this case, I disapprove of what Ben Rivers is doing, but I will definitely <laughs> maybe not to the death, but <laughs> not to the death. But I feel I'm very strongly wounding. that he should be allowed to do it, and it's you know, and it, it does carry virtue you, to it. Yeah, you need people being a bit spectrum in the film world who are just making some films. They might be a bit colonial, and they might be a bit boring, but rather that than you know someone working at kind of goldman sachs has he ever caught heat off this stuff i just think he's so loved like everyone in, in you that know, he's whole, never got heat off it but it would Lux require you to him. overturn the tables in the temple of artist film which no one's going to do i've heard people chat shit on t- in i i was I, I won't name names but um i was on the tube on the overground with some art art moving image people not they that hard profile but like we're dissing Atlantis and, and dissing like just dissing filmmakers in general who go to places and kind of turn it into a sci-fi thing which is definitely what Ben Rivers like he goes to Vanuatu yeah, and turns it into like a Beckett play like it's not really cool yeah. you know what I mean yeah it's like is Vanuatu enough it, you know it's North Africa so not enough of a story for you to tell in, in Algeria um you know, you could take. Well, I was doing some research earlier about Guillotin, and you know the the legacy of France conducting nuclear experiments, nuclear bomb experiments in Algeria is a really untapped space. It'd be really open for a really interesting documentary mm. film that could still bend the rules of fact and fiction. But it's too real. It's like no, no. It's actually just about my personal journey and it's like like we said my little utopia and idea but i mm. think they do i mean i'm for, it's for, if you're not interested in you know the geopolitics of north africa then you're fine but just don't go what? there do you know what i mean just don't go there exactly <laughs> just make just a film but this there. is the problem with being english can i just say the problem with being english you is, get thrown in jail just for saying you're english. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with being english is you know you you, you get they, they you they put you in jail <laughs> If you say you're English, it's true. Um, it's true. It's if, right. if you're an English filmmaker, it's even worse. Right. If you're an English filmmaker, then you basically, for some bizarre reason, you, if you make films in England, you don't generally make them in this really kind of drab kitchen sinky way, or you are alienated by that, and so and and decide to make kind of beautiful films elsewhere and just kind of forget about the fact that you're English and just use because that's what the colon- when the ships went aboard the Indian Sea you know all those hundreds of years ago when we were you know making our first marks on the global south you know we essentially were a bit like that we're, sorry I'm being really like mm. I, I, it's because I'm, I'm drinking but you know I'm not acute I'm not like obviously I don't who cares like whatever but, <laughs> but like like what what is what, last when orders last orders <laughs> When you're in, it's lockdown, dude. I'm. I really want to go to the pub. Um, oh, we'll go to the pub so much. I'm so well, sorry when for like, you, when traumatizing you with that. When you're a filmmaker, 
and you are from a place and you immediately at the first opportunity just go somewhere else and kind of turn you've got it, the money to do it and turn it into some sort of fantasy utopia that's a bit colonial because you're yeah, literally the, the like colonial imagination is alive and well there yeah and you're not you're not kind of insulating yourself from it by making it science fiction in fact you're making it worse because the worst parts of the colonial imagination were the projection of fantasies upon the east upon the orient to use like Said's term so all you're doing is you're presenting a more um streamlined more whitewashed version of the fantasy yeah. You know, the fantasy of um, the colonial imagination was the Racine and others of like the exotic, uh, debauched East, which um, bore no relation to reality. Um, the modern way of doing it is going, oh, I've made a sci-fi and I've said it in North Africa. Um, it's kind of, and it's kind of like what they did with Robert Aiki uh, uh, Aubrey Lowe, is that they don't really kind of take anything... <laughs> I mean, it'd be fine if he was just an actor. Do you know what I mean? He's not. He's a character they've invested, uh, Ben Rose and Ben Russell have invested in as an interesting person, but they've not actually pursued his yeah. his his identity or his his. I don't mean identity in a big I capitalized sense. I mean just him. You know, mm. there's um, he he gets minor screen time um, in a film which really should be about him, um, which feels like a bit of a failure of, of the concept, really. But. You know, the elements like it's very beautifully shot. Well done. You know how to hold a camera. Um, <laughs> Dude, you recommend these films, man. I thought you liked them. If I just talk to you I out do. of your I'm, No, no, no. I, 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 am, I enjoy watching Ben Rivers films. Like I said, I enjoy that they exist. I think they yeah, need yeah. to exist. But there are so many... They frustrate me because they... he He's not got the... Um, imagination to carry the films through and the commitment to carry these films through to their... their more there's like a layer beneath this and mm. he's not pushing the films through to that deeper layer he's all the, all the elements are there you know i'm i'm the arts i'm ace i'm arts council england i'm going tick 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 but he's not pushing it beyond that you know there's a more interesting film in uh, spell to water for darkness there's a more interesting film we're going to talk about adam curtis uh next week yes we are we've been, um, we're going to finish watching can't get you at my head my head can we talk about the uh, physical compass for filmmakers? Oh, yes. So I'm in a, <laughs> in a WhatsApp group, in like a film club WhatsApp group, um, Zoom thing, um, very locked down. And uh, I, was talk- I was suggesting that filmmakers are all tops. There are no bottom filmmakers, or they're very few. And that most women filmmakers are tops because they have it's like Thatcher you know with her like all male cabinet you know they have to sort of go further to compensate in this male dominated world it's sort of a very loose take that I made on Zoom and it led to um, and then there was this other conversation about like tweeness and brutalness and tweeness because we watched Daisies by Vera Chitilova which yep. the stock of Super that film, film has really fucking tumbled I have to say when, when she died people fucking loved Daisies um, but now at least in terms of the circles <sighs> I run in daisies, it's fucking gone out of the fucking it thinks it's, it has, isn't it? It's just so fucking annoying it? women just you know doing like like just chopping up pieces of paper and pissing off old men and it's doing, just quirky. It's it's it's, it's the Wes Anderson very Tumblr, point, yeah, very twee. Yeah. Anyway, um, so so we were saying we we created this political compass between or Igor Igor, the f- f- friend of the show, Igor, created this. Um, 
It's very hard to explain a political compass on a podcast. Everyone knows. Everyone but knows the, the axis are compass. no, but I mean just to where things are placed. You know. Yeah. Top, top, top left, which you know is red. Yeah. You've got between. So brutal is the is the north point of the compass. Twee mm-hmm. is the bottom point of the compass. The right hand side of the compass or east is bottom, and the left hand side is top. So. Yeah, Let's so you're say, assessing filmmakers by their brutality or tweeness and by their topness or their bottomness. Yeah, and so Claude Landsman is brutal top, Peckinpah, Bresson, Herzog, they're towards brutal top. Fassbinder, I think, has erroneously Ackerman. been put in brutal bottom. I think he's a brutal top. I don't put Ackerman there, though. Um, you think she's a bottom? No, she's definitely a top, but she's probably more towards Twee. Yeah, she's more she's southerly more than, too, than yeah, Eagle has true. placed her on this on this map. Joanna um, Hogg is a good example of like a slightly brutal, slightly bottom. Yeah, um, no, uh, Joanna Hogg's definitely um, a bottom. Oh, actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm doubting myself while I'm saying that. Let's put it this way: so, Wes Anderson twee, is, a to- is a top twee. That's so he's at the four, top twee, hundred percent, hundred percent twee bottom. You've got Chetlova in the bottom right hand corner, very, very far in the bottom right hand corner. Um, brutal bottoms, Fassbinder. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I think he's. I don't, I don't think, think that's true. No, I, 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 I expressed this on the WhatsApp. But I don't think Fassbinder could ever get it up. But you're doing that much coke. <laughs> you're just not getting it up at all, to be honest. Um, we've got we've got Antonioni as a, a brutal top. I agree with that. I mean, it's difficult because you're talking about the output of the film and about their directing style. Well, all the good filmmakers are brutal tops, basically. Basically, what we've basically just forget the, the about everyone. Chart else. skews towards that, and I think it skews towards Igor's and your uh, tastes. Uh, I'm very interested. Tati is a, a kind of top twee, which again, really agree with. There's there's yeah. moments where this chart is is incredibly accurate. What I'm interested in is Sajit Ray um, uh, in bang in the, the middle between top and bottom. Bang the middle. Yeah, and between and, Twee and, and between, Brutal. yeah, it's slightly towards Twee than Brutal, but yeah, Carl Y just below him, yeah. But I said earlier, bottom Brutal, uh, Pishabong, um, yeah, 100% right. That's the most yeah, accurate. Yeah, Pishabong's um, total bottom. This isn't, yeah. a, this isn't, a, but by the way, for listeners, this isn't a a definitive statement on their sexual preference no. although there may well be correlations or it's about uh, the, or the kind of vibe uh, you get from notable inversions uh, inverse correlations but um, yeah it's about your directorial approach whether you're kind of sort mm. of open and improvisatory and sort of like letting the letting the kind of ideas happen you know like I think Ben Rivers is a total bottom Twee bottom disgusting yeah Twee bottom I would call him no I think Ben Rivers watches from the cupboard He's a cuck, so he's, he's on a, a completely different grid. Cuck. We need a cuck. We need a cuck. We need a new axis cuckness. for cuckness. How cucked are you? <laughs> are you in there? Are you in there? Uh, am I personally in there? No. I'm a brutal top. We all are. We're brutal, brutal to everyone. Yeah. yeah. Well, this podcast is like a is like a podcast of brutal topness. Brutal topness. That's true. We are we top. are both tops, like quite sort of vulnerable, gentle tops but like you might consider don't don't confuse our, it, it between us don't make that but we're mistake. not we're not to, we're not to, we're not really brutal i wouldn't say you know neither no. of us have been in the army or anything like that but no. um so rivers 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 the, the rivers of blood <laughs> <laughs> Cry i don't even river, know what mate. i'm saying i'm just saying <laughs> things that sound familiar <laughs> yeah, you know these words remember these words 
Um, so Ben, kids. Ben, Enoch, uh, video, colonialism. <laughs> 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 I got it on Blu-ray. It was twelve pounds. I want my money back. It wasn't very good. Uh, it's not too late to get your money back. It's too late. I just spent free th- free Ralph hashtag free Ralph. <laughs> I just spent thirty seven quid on a fast bin, an out of print fast binder box set. A box set is a good thirty seven pounds is good for a box set. Thirty seven pounds for one film is bad. Well, it's not. It's kind yeah. of it's kind of one film. It's a it's a mini series. It's World on a Wire. You, know, you remember that one, the sci-fi. Oh, World on a Wire, yeah. yeah so yeah, conception, yeah. basically. All right. Thank you for listening, listeners. Next week we're going to tackle uh, Big Dog Adam Curtis, um, oof, oof, oof. and we promise that we won't go too easy on him. No, we won't. We promise. Scouts promise. Um, bye bye. Bye.